How do you create present and future value? As a trusted advisor for CFOs, private equity sponsors, and corporate functional leaders, Cross Country Consulting solves today's most pressing challenges and creates present and future enterprise value with tailored integrated solutions for accounting and risk, technology-enabled transformation, and transactions. Working as a strategic partner and collaborative part of your team, they can help you see around corners and generate value for your business. The future-ready business, in sight and within reach. Go to crosscountry-consulting.com to learn more. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Change is inevitable. We all know that. And so it's kind of funny how many of us fear change knowing that it will happen. That's why I wanted to talk to Cassandra Worthy. She is an expert at change. In fact, that's what she does. She helps companies manage change. She even wrote a book about it called Change Enthusiasm. And we discussed the single best way to manage change is to actually be completely prepared for it before it happens. So when that inevitable change does happen, it stops being scary and starts being inspiring. This is a bit of optimism. Cassandra Worthy, you have one of the best names in the world. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's not the reason I wanted to talk to you today. What I wanted to talk to you about was change, because I know that you've made a, a study of change your whole life, and the way you appreciate and approach change is different than most. Where I want to start is, why are people afraid of change? Honestly, I believe there's a fear that's inspired when change hits because it is inviting us outside of what we know. Mm -hmm. It's inviting us outside of that zone of comfort. It is putting us in a place where there are more questions than answers, where there are unknowns. It's a fear of not having all the right answers, seeming to look incompetent. But all of it is rooted in that fear of, of how will I be assessed? How am I going to be viewed? And then what is it going to feel like, right? I'm yeah. getting outside of something that I know into something that, that I don't. So why do people fear change when it's for the better? So for example, you're at a job you don't love, where every time you're with your colleagues, you fantasize about quitting. You're in a relationship that you don't love. And when you're with your friends, you fantasize about breaking up, sure. of which you do neither of those things until your job lays you off or your significant other dumps you, and then all of a sudden, the change that you may have even dreamed of now becomes yeah. debilitating. 
I understand when you're on a path and you're happy and like, this is my job and I love my job and this is my relationship and I love my relationship. I understand why fear would creep in there. But why are we afraid of change when it's the thing that we actually sometimes fantasize about? It's as soon as we get into that unknown, because even though we might be in a situation that we don't like, at least we know it. At least we know the parts we don't like about it. At least there's a certain comfort in being able to anticipate and being able to have that expectation that's often met because we're in a place that we know. When a change occurs, we have expectations and we have no idea if it's going to get met. We don't know what's about to happen. And so I think it's that darkness, that unknown, that really is what inspires that fear. And honestly, I'm grateful for it because in fear is energy. In fear is is resource, is a tool. It keeps us alert. Yeah. And I think that if we can allow that fear to then guide us and form us, and then when we can use it to move us forward, it's it's all the better. Give me a specific example that captures what you're talking about, something tangible. Yeah. I'll share a personal example, and, and really it's been my journey of sobriety. For many, many years, I convinced myself that I was simply a heavy drinker that sometimes may be a problem drinker, but certainly not an alcoholic. Even though both of my parents are in recovery, both of them recovering alcoholics, they of course had offered some guidance saying, Cassandra, maybe you also have the, the alcoholism, the alcoholic gene. And it's like, no, it can't be me. And the reason that I was able to put my trust and belief in not being an alcoholic is because I'd never been arrested for DUI. And I would go to with my parents to AA meetings. Uh, and it was under the guise of supporting them in their journey. But really, it was to convince myself that I did not have this problem. Because I'd hear the people in the room. They talk about six, seven DUIs, losing their job, being without a home. It's like, well, I can't be me. I know that's not me. I'm good. I'm going to celebrate, go to the bar. <laughs> and then I'd also convince myself that I could go a day without having a drink. And so if I could not drink for a whole day, then there's no way I could be an alcoholic. The old, I can stop drinking whenever I want. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, I would yeah. do it and that whole day. I'd think about don't drink it. Don't drink, don't drink, don't pick it up. Don't go to the bar. And then the next day, celebration. I'm about to get hammered because I didn't drink yesterday. And so when I got arrested for DUI, and this happened going on nine years ago, and I was in the back of that squad car, my world came crumbling down. And you talk about crippling fear. You talk about guilt, you talk about shame, you talk about what does this mean for me? And, and it was a, a great, great fear. Um, fear of what my family would think of me, fear of what my friends would think of me, fear of what might happen with my job. And it was in that darkness, that depth, that despair, that I heard this whisper, I heard this whisper that told me you are an alcoholic and it's okay. You are an alcoholic and it's okay. This is a part of who you are. It is healthier for you and those around you that you abstain, that you abstain from drinking. And it was in sitting in that fear, allowing it to be there, that I think it allowed that voice to come through to be able to awaken me to this world, this life of sobriety. And it was in that clarity that curiosity turned into passion, that my life just expanded to breaches that I never even dreamed. And I'm so grateful for that, that arrest. And I'm so grateful for the fear that it inspired because I believe that it welcomed me into the greatest moment of opportunity I've, I've had in my entire life. And I'm grateful that in that opportunity, crippled by fear, I chose to say yes to my alcoholism. 
And I chose to say yes to sobriety. And of course, it, you know, it doesn't mean that everything's been sunshine and sunflowers and daisies and all the other happy things since then in the past nine years. But my life has been so much better because of the clarity that sobriety has afforded me. And I strongly believe that it was because of the fear, the depth of that, that I was able to have that awakening. Because, I mean, think about it. If I had gotten the arrest and had no fear, had no concern, had no guilt, I would have just kept going. And it had happened to me before with other kind of less major events. But because of the calamity of that, the fear was ever present. So what did you learn from those meetings that prepared you in that moment of fear that it was a, a singular event that changed your life rather than exhaustion or repeated events that, that led to change? Yeah, I think it was a culmination of all the different voices that I heard, the stories that were told. And there's something that stayed with me. They talk about the yets. Um, and when I used to go into the room, I would talk about how I'd never gotten a DUI, never lost my job. Well, in the rooms of AA, those are called my yets. I hadn't gotten a DUI yet. I hadn't lost my job yet. But that was the path, that was the trajectory that I was on. And so when I had realized having that arrest and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm hitting a yet. And I'd heard about so many other yets. And if this is the trajectory that I remain on, those yets will become my reality because this is proof right here in this moment. Uh, and I think that was maybe one that stayed with me the most. Um, and I'm so grateful for the first year of sobriety. I continued going to the rooms the first couple of years, uh, sharing my own story and continuing to listen, to listen to those that had been on my path and now choosing to walk sobriety. And I will tell you, it was not only the knowledge that I gleaned within those meeting rooms, but it was also the mindset that I had come to embrace and practice within my corporate life, going through mm. big acquisition, big change in business. And all of what I now call single emotions being felt in business and what I did when I felt them moving in my work. And then I'm thinking, this is something that I can apply right now today because I'm feeling fear. I'm feeling anger. I'm feeling frustration because I want to go drink. I want to go have a drink, but I'm not. So it means yet again, I'm in an opportunity and I have to choose what am I going to do today? And today I'm going to choose not to drink. Let me push back a little bit if I can, right? Yeah, please. One of the magical things about AA is that it's a community mm -hmm. and that everybody there knows that it's really, really hard to uh, beat alcoholism alone, which is why you have a sponsor and which is why you have the community. So you don't feel like you're alone when you do this. And when you say, when facing the fear of change, however you want to define change, does one need first community relationships to feel not alone in that choice? Can one choose to navigate change alone? I'm going to kind of separate your question a little bit because I think there's two different yeah. nuances that are happening. I think that having a sense of community, belonging, relationship surrounded by love is absolutely required when moving through change in a really successful and fulfilling way, right? It's a huge mm -hmm. help. It was something that I absolutely needed in those early days of sobriety. But when you talk about that moment of choice, when you talk about being able to embrace a change that's happening in your work, being able to embrace the fact that you were just let go and have to find a new job, being able to embrace the fact that you're an alcoholic and the best choice for you is to abstain, that has to happen in you. 
It has to happen within you first because it's rooted in that belief. And I think that belief can get inspired by what you might see within community, but it has to happen in you first. And I believe that it happens in you and and outside of any level of community. Um, And oftentimes when people are at that rock bottom, and it happened for me, I was sitting alone on the edge of my bed in my bedroom at four o'clock in the morning. And that's when that belief when that trust happened, I am an alcoholic and it's okay. That happened within me. And that's when I was like, I've made this decision. I'm changing my trajectory. And then I started to seek community and community inspired and helped me moving along that path. But that inflection point happens within you first. So the choice to affect change, the choice to make the change, as you said, the choice to, to make the, to go through the inflection, the choice to pivot is a choice that you and you alone must make. And then upon making that choice, then navigating all the next steps of that choice, that requires community. Okay, so I understand it in the road to sobriety. How did that lesson serve you professionally? It served me when going through two of the biggest changes in my professional life, which were acquisitions. I was a part of two multi-billion dollar acquisitions in corporate. The first acquisition, I was inside of a company that acquired a multi-billion dollar company. The second time I was a part of a larger company, that business that I was in got sold to another company. And it was that second experience, what I just described, that happened in full sobriety. And Mm -hmm. it was a time where there were so many unknowns. There was so much uncertainty. The company that I was being integrated within was looking to reduce costs, as folks often do when you go through an acquisition to lean out. I was in, you know, uh, I was executive at that time, so I had a very healthy salary. So I knew that I was a target. And so there was a lot of unknowns, a lot of uncertainty, and I thought that any day I was going to lose my job. And there was actually an experience that I had with a manager at the time during a budget review who literally told me in two years, I don't see a lot of value in keeping you in my organization. So that moment, you know, when, when he's talking to me and I feel my fist balling up underneath the desk and my mouth is going dry and it's that fear, that fear hit again. And that same depth, the stomach dropping, you know, I felt that and it's like, okay, here is the signal for me yet again. And I am in a moment of opportunity and it's up to me to choose. What do I do? What do I do with this information? How do I explore this opportunity? How do I make these words that were just said to me work for me as opposed to against me? And so I started trying to understand, okay, what could be next? I could either work outside of this company, start polishing up my resume and leave, or I could find a role not in this person's organization, but yet still in this company. And so that's what I did because I knew that I had value to bring and I love the work that I did and I love the nature of the work. And so I worked with senior leadership in a different organization over about four months. And I actually created a role for myself that I ended up transitioning into just about four or five months after that that manager told me what he told me. And I will tell you, Simon, to this day, I am so grateful to that man. I am so grateful because, because of those words, because of the fear that it inspired and subsequently the opportunity that it invited me into, I ended up making a position that I was much better 
in tune with, that I was more passionate about, that added more value to the business, that I had more fun in, that had more opportunity. And it was also now a learning opportunity and a learning experience that I now get to share with millions all over the world as I, as I bring you know my, my mindset change enthusiasm around the world. So I'm so very grateful that that happened. But once again, it was that fear, that stomach dropping, that mouth going dry, that signaled me into another opportunity to choose how I evolve and how I grow. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. Oracle.com slash strategic. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. That stomach drop is something we've all felt. And it doesn't have to be as dramatic as this company's being acquired and you're going to lose your job. It could just be getting in trouble at work. 
And that stomach drop of, oh no, am I going to get fired? Even though no one's talked about it, it's not happening. But the fear that we have, it ignites our imaginations, right? I think we see it all the time. The way we react to that fear is Mm -hmm. sometimes we lash out, which is a self-defense mechanism. We can become defeatist in that fear. And it's very easy to say when you have that feeling, that stomach drop, take a deep breath, imagine all the scenarios. I mean, is it that easy when somebody faces that stomach drop? What is the step-by-step process on how to manage stomach drop? Which is a horrendous feeling that we've all had. Yeah, absolutely. I think the most important thing to start when you're in that moment of fear, especially if it's really acute, like what I experienced talking to that manager, is the acknowledgement and recognition that the fear is there right? Because you can't do anything with the energy. You can't do anything with the signal if you're blind to it. That's the pitfall that we fall into when we become that anger, when we do that act out, like you said, Uh, because it's a trigger response as opposed to a well thought out response. And so I think when Mm -hmm. you can initially just recognize, ooh, my hair is up on the back of my neck. I I don't, my stomach has fallen down. Um, I'm sweating. My fists are balling up. There's fear here. That is the very first step because then it's, you start to kind of separate the emotional energy from that conscious thought. And that's really what can start, you know, the work to happen. And then it's a matter of giving yourself a bit of grace, right? And and allowing the emotion to exist. And I will tell you straight up, I suck at this. (laughs) I'm terrible at this because I'm a glass half full, optimistic uh, type of individual. And I like to run away from really difficult emotions, which is why I think I fell into this work because I'm the one that needs to learn it more than anyone else. So I like to ignore or run away, suppress uh, those difficult emotions, which is why many years I drank and I used drugs. I'll tell you a personal story, and it's one that I think we can all relate to. It was a breakup. Um, And it was actually on the heels, or actually at the very beginning of that first acquisition. I moved from one city to another, kind of moved across the country with a girlfriend at the time. And this is a girlfriend that I had envisioned a future with. And within three months of moving to this new city, where I knew no, no one, that relationship ended. It was perhaps one of the lowest points uh, of my life. And instead of feeling the emotion, instead of allowing that emotion to guide me through an opportunity, the opportunity that I saw was to get drunker and more often (laughs) and to really numb out the feelings and numb out the emotions. Uh, And I did that for a while. I did that for several weeks, if not several months. And for me, that was really how I exemplified that desire to suppress, to ignore the difficulty. It was about numbing out the emotion, numbing out the pain, and remaining blind to, to that depth of despair that I was in. This idea of numbing the emotion, I think, is very interesting. And there's multiple ways to numb, right? In your case, and for alcoholics, alcohol is the numbing mechanism. But I think blame is a numbing mechanism. Demonizing is a numbing mechanism. It's amazing how often when our hearts are broken, we love our girlfriend or boyfriend, and then they break up with us, and all of a sudden, they're horrible people, like literally the next day. Or we're happy in our jobs, and then we get let go, or we get in trouble, and literally the next moment, my boss is an asshole. And I think those are numbing mechanisms. The lashing out is a numbing mechanism. And the problem is that when we act on that numbing mechanism, because let's be honest, it helps us avoid having to deal with 
pain, rejection, mm -hmm. facing our own challenges head on, it's easier to lash out. The problem is, is when we act in a way designed to numb, there will be greater pain inflicted on others and or ourselves. Absolutely. And that's definitely the case for an alcoholic. That's definitely the case for somebody who resorts to violence. That's definitely the case of somebody who demonizes the boss, the, the ex. You become a toxic entity. Then those toxic entities who are, who are in this numbing phase, they find each other and they numb together. And now we find belonging in the numbness. And now the numbness becomes a callus. It becomes permanent where we feel better about ourselves, but we're actually doing no healing and affecting no change. Yeah. And, and I, I will say the greatest detriment is to ourselves. And honestly, in experiencing this for myself and now seeing this with individuals around the world, I now carry this firm belief that your growth potential, your potential to grow, to learn, to evolve, to expand in this life is determined by what happens at that intersection of change and emotion. When the emotion hits and you're going through change, what do you do? What are your actions? What are your choices? that determines your potential to grow and to learn. So, I mean, based on your own story and based on how we've been talking about this, I, I actually think that the work has to be done long before the change happens. And I cannot help but go back to the fact that you went to those AA meetings, you know, over and over again with your parents, that you had done much of the work necessary. So at the moment of inflection, at the moment of of change, you were prepared. But you hear this from soldiers and Marines and sailors and, and, and airmen, which is they'll talk about how, you know, we practice and practice and practice and practice. And then the training just kicks in is what they always say. The training kicks in. What I want to go into, which is what is the pre-work that we can do? What advice do you offer that we can all do that prepares us for the inevitable stomach drop? that will happen absolutely yeah. professionally and personally many times in our lives. So a couple things as you think about preparedness, as you think about having a mindset of change readiness. So no matter when it comes, you're ready for it. I think the first is about having a rigorous practice of self-awareness, notably as it relates to your emotional energy. And this happens in all aspects of life. Recognize and be able to name your emotional energy when you feel them. So when you're feeling fear, when you're feeling frustration, when you're feeling anger, being able to recognize, okay, I'm in a moment of anger. I know it because of these things that happen in my body. I know it because this is where my mind is beginning to go. I know it because this is what I want to do. So having that self-awareness, whether that be your physiological cues or the things that you tend to, to do, those actions that you take when that emotional energy is present. And I often invite people to do what I call an emotional uh, inventory where you're literally writing down, taking an account of the emotions that you experience throughout the day. And what inspired those emotions? And what did you do with that emotion? And it's gonna enable you to start being able to recognize in black and white, ooh, you know what? I get angry a lot. And these are kind of the three and four things that inspire anger in me all the time. And then you get that curiosity and trying to evolve it and, and understand yourself. So that self-awareness, I think, is really important because emotions, when going through change, are inevitable, especially those really difficult ones that have that stomach-dropping type, type of feeling. And the recognition that there's more than happy, sad, angry. Correct. Somebody gave me an emotion wheel, which is literally like this, you know, as it sounds, like a color wheel filled with the names of different emotions and then the subsets of those emotions. So it has sort of like the, the happy, sad, angry on the outside, but that anger has many flavors. 
Uh, Am I wronged? Am I frustrated? Am I powerless? And the ability to name the emotion that I'm feeling and to, you said this, which is to understand the physiological responses. Like my breathing is getting tight. My muscles are tightening up. How do you feel? I, I feel tight in my chest. I feel tight in my shoulders. I feel frustrated. I feel out of control is better than I'm angry. Correct. So part of the practice, the preparation for stomach drop is going on this journey of learning to understand one's own emotions, putting words to those feelings and understand the physiological responses. Okay, got it. What's another one? Another one is what I call building your muscle memory. And this is as it relates to going through really difficult things, including change and disruption. In lay terms, this is about getting outside of your comfort zone. Not waiting for change to hit to invite you into it, but rather you intentionally finding ways to stretch yourself like you've never been stretched before. Because when you can do that and sit in that moment of discomfort, experience that thing that you're not talented at, you have no gift in, but you're going to try it. It's uncomfortable and I look stupid. I know that I do, but I'm going to try it. You're building that muscle memory so that when change hits, when you're in a new role, when you get a new manager, when you're entering a new industry, when you're doing different work and you feel, ooh, I'm not good at this, I feel stupid, the muscle memory will kick in. I can move through this. I felt this before and I didn't die. And I actually learned and grew because of it. So the more often that you can get yourself outside of that zone of comfort, I think the better prepared you'll be when you're forced outside of it. Instigating change to prepare for the unexpected change. The inevitable, the inevitable change. So does that mean that I should keep quitting my job so that I'm prepared for when I get fired? (laughs) (laughs) So you could do that, but uh, but I'm not going to advise it. I'm going to say no to that one. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. 
Right Rug Flooring. <laughs> give me, give me, give me a real life example of what what instigating change looks like. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I was working in a manufacturing facility for some time. And when I first got into the role, and I left research and development to go into manufacturing. When I first got into the role, there was so much that I didn't know. So much that certainly was, was uncomfortable. And then over the weeks and the months being in the role, I got a level of comfort. I got my legs under me and, and, and understood what you know, I needed to do and, and started doing the role well. But I still wanted to have that feeling of discomfort. So I would find ways to learn something that I wasn't necessarily responsible for, but that would stretch me in a way that I wasn't being stretched. So whether that be looking at different trainings, whether that be listening to uh, different podcasts, whether that be joining groups that I hadn't been in before, something that was unfamiliar, unknown, that I hadn't been involved in before. And you can do that, whether that be at work, whether that be shadowing somebody in a role that you might be interested in, whether that be finding that training that has nothing to do with what your role is, but you maybe just have a curiosity and find those things those you're not, that you're not gifted at, that you've maybe had a curiosity for, maybe a hesitation, maybe a little bit of fear in trying, try it. Do it. Stretch yourself and, and build that muscle memory. What I really like about this practice is to be very open and honest about why you're doing it, which is to be uncomfortable. Because I think very often we don't do these things because we like to be instant experts. Nobody likes to feel stupid, feel dumb, feel like you can't do something. And I think to say out loud, I am doing this because I don't know how to do it. Because very often I think we mm. show up and we sort of lying, hiding and faking a little bit. Sure. And so yeah. I think to do it with the express purpose, which is I'm here to be the idiot, right? I'm here to be the dumb one. I'm here to be the least experienced person because I like putting myself in a situation where I am uncomfortable. I am inexperienced. I am the idiot so that I can build the muscle. It invites you to practice vulnerability as well, especially when you're doing something that's in a group, that's in a team where people can actually see you fall down, where people can see you make mistakes you have to be able to operate in the space of vulnerability, which I think is a prized skill that I think more and more leaders are, are going to need to use as our world becomes more uncertain and more volatile. And I will tell you the most important ingredient to being able to embrace the opportunity is to trust that it's there, to trust that it's yeah. there. And I've been able to link the inspiration of those more difficult emotions like the fear, the humiliation, the sadness, the grief, uh, the frustration to be the signal for an opportunity. And you just have to trust that it exists and then choose to explore it. What is here for me to learn? How can I show up and admit that I've made a mistake, admit that I don't know what I'm doing, but you know what? I'm here to learn and I'm here to be better because of it. And you know what? I'm here to talk about my mistake because I don't want you to make the same mistake. And I'm going to go on a video and I'm going to talk about this foolishness that I did to save you from doing it as well. When you do that choice, when you maximize that opportunity, not only will you accelerate your own learning, your own expansion, but you'll inspire the learning and growth of those around you. You're so right. And I think one of the things that I think older generations don't do a good job of is we keep telling young people what we got right and how to do things so that you can have success too. But we rarely talk about what we got wrong or where things really took a turn for the worse so that people who are earlier in their careers can recognize that we make lots of wrong decisions. And I think it's very important for successful people or people who have at least been in the workplace a little longer 
to talk or in relationships. I mean, it doesn't matter. Anybody who's been doing, I don't even think it's about success. Just people who've been doing something for a while to talk about not what they got right, but what they got wrong, I think is way more helpful for younger generations so that when the inevitable does go wrong, they feel normal rather than humiliated. Yeah. And it invites this connection to right? An authentic connection that I think is fueled in, in the emotion, right? Because when you're talking about a failure or a mistake, you're probably revisiting that moment. And again, there's that vulnerability. And again, that's, there's that fear, that frustration, that anger that you felt, and that perhaps people in your audience, the person you're talking to is feeling in that moment. And then that creates this bond, this connection. Ooh, they felt that way too. So have I. And then it's like you create that connection to empower and to engage. So let me summarize what I've learned, which I'm really grateful for, which is change is inevitable. Fear of change is inevitable. The stomach drop is inevitable. And every single one of us has the opportunity to prepare for that change. And there are two simple things we can do. One is understand our feelings, label those feelings, understand the physiological reactions we have when we have our feelings so that we know what we're feeling when we have those feelings. That's really important. And number two, to preempt change by creating opportunities for change and discomfort so that we're more familiar and more prepared for it when it happens. And that doesn't mean we have to do big things. We don't have to create dramatic change. You don't have to quit a job to be prepared for when you get fired, but to put yourself in a position where you're not the expert, to put yourself in a situation where you are the idiot, to put yourself in a situation where you have to walk in the room saying, I just want everybody to know I have no idea what I'm doing and that's why I'm here, is the best way to prepare ourselves when change is thrust upon us. Cassandra Worthy, Thank you so, so much. I really enjoyed this. Um, Thanks for being a part of it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, please subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you'd like even more optimism, check out my website, simonsinek.com, for classes, videos, and more. Until then, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.